0: you could stand for the reading of the word uh, if you're able to. Stand for the reading of the word, and then uh, you may be seated for a few moments. But the Bible says, Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning. The fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. The priest shall put his linen garments and his linen trousers he shall put on his whole body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering which the fire has consumed on the altar and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments, put on the other garments and carry his ashes outside the camp to to a clean place. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning, and lay the burnt offering in order on it, and he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. You may be seated. Last week we talked about Hezekiah. I just want to share a few moments, some things about altars. Uh, they're important places. Some of the most significant things in my life happened around altars, many times. Now I, I am a believer, and those of you that know me know this: that everyone should have an altar. Can be in your automobile. An altar can be in your home. An altar can be, in fact, we should have altars in all of these places. An altar is that Bethel, that, 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 that face-to-face encounter with God. But then there are places that are sanctified for a purpose. This building is sanctified for the purpose of worship. Its primary reason for standing is worship and preaching and sending out the gospel of Jesus Christ from this place to our community and to our world. Well, just as there are places that are sanctified and set apart for a purpose, and there are people that are sanctified and set apart for a purposes, so this furnishing, this altar, is sanctified and set apart. We don't use it for any other purpose. It is a place where we come to pray. It's a place where we come to, and there are many times that, uh, at this altar, uh, at this location. In fact, I would come in here, th- th- this is a very special location around these altars, and I would pray, and that God has wrought miracles in my life, and-, and they're significant to me. And I can look back on these altars and they mean something. God gave us a few things that I, I want to bring out this morning uh, about altars that are important as He gave um, instruction on the altar. Uh, that they were a place where a fire would be built on them. And that that fire, uh, let me rephrase that. Because man did not build the fire. Man was not even allowed to introduce the fire to the altar. God miraculously and divinely consumed with fire the things on the altar. But then man was charged with the task of Keeping the fire lit. See, we cannot start what God can do. But God has tasked us with the job of feeding the fire. Of fanning the flame. We, we are God alone. In fact, if you'll remember in uh, Elijah in 2 Kings when he built the altar that was uh, to be called fire down from heaven... He gave very specific instructions, and and one of those instructions was that no one could put any fire on it. If there's going to be a fire, let it be a fire of God. If there's going to be a move, let it be a genuine move of God. I've seen enough false moves. I've seen enough man-made moves. I'm hungry for a genuine revival and a genuine move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So God said... That he would start the fire, but that man would provide the sacrifice. What what did the altar consume? The altar consumed flesh. When they would bring the sacrificial lambs, they would slaughter them. They would lay the entrails aside, and they would put the lamb, and they would lay the fat aside, and they would put the the lamb on the altar, and then they would burn the sacrifice, and they would burn the fat as a peace offering unto the Lord. Pastor, that's kind of graphic. God received it unto himself. We now live in a covenant where God has provided the ultimate sacrifice through Jesus Christ on the altar of the cross of Calvary. And he became that sacrificial lamb that we don't have to bring Uh, livestock. We don't have to bring lambs and doves and, and, and things to the altar any longer, but that we can stand on the one sacrifice that was sufficient for all mankind and for all time. But we still have a place that represents the altar of God. Old Testament altars were unique. They actually weren't shaped like this. In the shape of a bench. They were More like a table. And they were square. They were higher. And they were square in design. And on every corner of the altar. There would be horns sticking out. Of the altar. Those horns had a purpose. They had a couple of purposes. But I want to talk. uh, One of the purposes was. To secure the sacrifice to the altar. Because can I tell you something. Sacrifices would not stay on their own. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the flesh that was put on the altar wanted to go back with the person that put it on the altar. Yep. 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 And, and how many times I'm afraid that the church has brought their, their sacrifices and they, they've truly laden them on the altar of God, but then when they stand up, they take them and gather them back up and take them right back out with them. So God taught us to secure our sacrifice with the horns of the altar. When when, when you come to the altar of God and you put it on the altar, and that's why I said, mark this day. If you're going to put some things on the altar this morning, mark this day. And you remind the enemy every time he tries to bring back to your remembrance, well, you have this, this issue in your life. You can't worship me because you you know the sin that nobody else knows about. You've got this problem. You've got this problem that when you leave church on Sunday, it's still going to be facing you on Monday. And we need a place that we can point back to and say, oh, no, devil. On March 20th, 2022, I not only laid it on the altar, but I secured it with the horns of the altar. And I walked away a free man in Jesus' name. How many still believe that God is able to deliver and set free today? I don't think that deliverance is a thing of the yester church only. I think God I've seen some powerful deliverances in my life. I've seen God set people free from all sorts. And I rejoice over those things. But if it's only celebrating the past, then there's a sadness to that. But it's not, the the whole thing about the altar, the whole thing about the cross, the whole thing about the sacrifice is it's a place of hope. (laughs) Future hope. In fact, the Bible in the scripture I just read to you, said that at the end of every day, the priest were to take the ashes of that day's altar out to make room for the sacrifices of tomorrow's altar. We cannot live on yesterday's sacrifices. I thank God for what he done for me last week but I need a whole lot more help this week. Because regardless of how I felt when I left here on Sunday, I've realized since last Sunday, I've still not yet perfected. I still have a ways to go. (laughs) And so here I am back at the altar again. Now, I've noticed of late, some people don't need to come to the altar as often, but I still need to come to the altar all the time. You know, some people can get by with just a little bit of God, a little bit of church. I still need all of it. Amen. So they took the ashes out. They 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 took them out and they buried them uh, in in a sacred place in a clean place. The Bible said, but so to make room for uh, the 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 new altars. Then the other reason for the horns of the altar was that the horns of the altar. We're a place of asylum. The enemy can't get you when you're holding on to the horns of the altar. Adonijah, and I'm probably saying that name wrong, David's brother, Adonijah, wanted to be king. Problem is David kind of wanted to be king. David became king. Actually, I'm saying these things wrong. It's Solomon's brother, and it was David's sons. So he wanted to be king. Solomon also wanted to be king. Well, he was in his home one day, and there was a big celebration in the streets in Jerusalem. And he called his friends in and said, "Come on! Evidently, this is the day of celebrating. I don't know what we're celebrating, but if there's a party. I'm down." And they came in and said, They're celebrating that they just installed Solomon on the throne. And he said, Uh oh. That's not a good sign. So he did what many of us do in times of trouble <laughs> he bolted, and he ran to the temple. And he laid hold of the horns of the altar. (laughs) And when Solomon sent for his brother, he said, Tell him, I'm holding on to the horns of the altar. What, What significant does that mean? If you could hold to the horns of the altar, you had asylum. If you were not following the story, Solomon was probably going to kill his brother. He said, tell him I have hold to the horns of the altar and that I cannot be killed. And Solomon sent back word and said, tell him I won't hold the sins of his past against him. Basically, if he'll behave himself going forward, he'll live. See, there's significance. How many of us in times of trouble don't know where else to turn? Can I tell you, you can run to the altar. I've heard uh, stories in the olden days of 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 ambulance, ambulances literally bringing sick people to the church and bringing them up to the altars because the family said, "We can't take them to the hospital. We don't have money to go to the hospital. Take them to church." And the ambulance drivers would drive them to the church and they would bring them in. And healings would take place. Pastor, those are fables. No, that is reality. And how many knows if God did it before, he can do it again. It would be all right with me if ambulances lined up outside of the doors of church bringing sick people forward and seeing the power of God heal. If families under attack... Would come to the house of the Lord instead of going to Disney World, well, 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 well. Uh, and I don't care if you go to Disney World. That's what Saturdays are for. Yeah. <laughs> but but listen, when, when when the first thing we think of, well, we need to get all together as a family. And let's just go do something. Listen, bring and bring them to the altar. I long to see the days that families come, arm in arm, hand in hand, standing before the Lord at the altar, having their differences, having their problems, having their struggles. Yet they know that there is still power at the altar of God. Why? Because the fire of the altar will continually burn and continually consume any flesh that we will secure to the altar. The problems that we face are fleshly problems. They're carnal problems. So, if we bring them to the altar and secure them and refuse to take them back, don't untie it. Every time you take that thing back on, you just untied it from the altar. Now you got to deal with it again. In fact, it's worse than before because next time you want to take it to the altar, it's going to say, Oh, no. You tried to tie me up there last time. <laughs> and the flesh gets more resistant. Every time to the altar. Why? Because it's afraid that that one day you're going to wake up and realize I don't have to take my problems back with me anymore. But I can lay them on the altar of God. And the fire of God will consume them once and for all. Fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not be put out. I'm going to be getting us into prayer in a moment. So get your... Request ready in just a few moments. It shall not be put out. That tells me that it can be put out. God instructed that you should not, you shall not put out the fire. The very implication of the instruction implies that it can be put out. It can be extinguished. Pastor, how can what God lit be extinguished? Oh, it's not that hard. You bury it with carnality. Not the kind that's there to be consumed, but the kind that takes the place of the fire. If you ever built a fire in the forest or in your backyard or anywhere you had a fire pit, maybe at the end you would toss some dirt or some water. On the fire to make sure it was completely extinguished. And when when we leave the house of the Lord. And God's rekindled that flame that only God can rekindle. But then we begin to just throw the things of the world on top of it. Not in a sacrificial way. But in a place that says I put this above the fire of God in my life. And it smothers the fire of God. I know that we don't like to talk about holiness anymore because this is 2022. But I I think there's still a standard. I think there's still a moral compass. I don't think everything is thrown out. I thank God for the liberties and freedoms that grace has, has bought us. But there is still a standard of holiness You know the old saying, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I hope that there would be. I hope that people could point to your prayer life, to your family life. Yes, even to your church attendance life, to your study habits. I hope that there will be things that they could bring out Witness after witness after witness that would say, yes, they prayed for me. <laughs> yes, they, they live a lifestyle consistent with what they believe and what they teach. But so many Christians, the things of this world, they, they, we compartmentalize. We're Christians on Sunday. Sunday. But Monday's business, Monday's work, Tuesday's another day. Listen, let us be the people of God Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. When, when the pastor's not there, when the choir director's not there, when the Sunday school teacher's not there, let us still serve the Lord. And let us, be a, let us demonstrate The power of the altar. And that the altar has transformed our life. Finally. Hezekiah. Got the vicious letter from Zenochrob. And I don't say these names well. And. Basically said, you really think that all the gods of the lands can save you? You've destroyed all those gods. See, what he didn't know, Hezekiah didn't put his faith in the gods of the land. Hezekiah never thought that the Asherah pole was going to save him. Hezekiah never thought that the gods of the land that he was in was going to... That never crossed his mind. When, when, when Hezekiah destroyed the high places out of Jerusalem, it's because he understood there is but one true God. Kind of like Elijah when he said, you know, you can serve the, whatever gods you want to serve, but to separate. Those that are serving Baal be on one side, but those that are serving God stand with me. Joshua says, serve you this day whom you may... Serve, or you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, there are not many gods. That's a problem. I, I, I remember one time praying with a, a, a very premature baby, literally, that would sit in the palm of your hand, about 20 weeks old. Mother was an alcoholic, had drunk herself Into giving birth. Called me up. They had come to our church a few times. They wanted me to come up and baptize the infant baby. Because they had had some Catholic teachings in their background. I said I will be glad to come pray with the baby and pray with you. We don't baptize babies. I tried to explain to them our understanding of that. But I said, "But we'll be glad to stand with you in prayer." And I went to the hospital, and they had also called because of that. They had also called a priest. The priest was there. I held the baby and prayed over the priest. And I mean, prayed over the priest. Held the baby and prayed over the priest. Um, (laughs) I held the priest and prayed over the baby. No, we'll get it right. I, I held the baby and prayed over the baby. And I uh, returned the baby the nurse. We're in the neonatal, but they allowed us to take, because literally it was minutes they knew that the baby was not going to live. That There was no reason to not allow them. So they allowed them to touch the baby. And, um, I mean, it literally had, you know, no lungs formed, just outside of an absolute divine, there was no hope for this child to live. And, and so we prayed blessing, we prayed, I gave the baby up to the Lord, prayed over the family, the priest gave last rites, baptized the baby, and uh, I said, well, I guess we're of different faiths. I said, the parents have attended our church, and, and um, you know, obviously we're, we're different faiths. And the priest said, well, you know, I've come to a place in my life where I've realized it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. And I said, I I didn't say much. I shook my head in disbelief. Because I think it very much matters what you believe. The world believes something. Many believe something. But I believe in the one true God. And these altars today have been dedicated in his name. And the prayers of these altars are prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. And they're given up to God. They represent, as I said in our statement, the throne that sits before the throne of God. So we offer these prayers to the Lord. Habakkuk, I referenced it earlier, and then we're going to, if you've got your needs ready, in just a moment, I'm going to open these altars. So, and the pre, uh, I think Dominic and Elvis are going to lead us in a song while we bring our needs forward this morning. But I, I'm going to ask you to come in just a moment. As Habakkuk said, uh, that he would lay his needs before, uh, write his visions out, write his promises out, that he who reads them would run. Now, there's two ways to look at that verse. I I think the actual intention of that verse was that of a king that would nail a decree that the messenger that would deliver the decree would take that decree and run to his point to deliver the decree because that's the way that they didn't have telephones. And he would post the law or the decree or the message much like the one that came to Hezekiah. And brought the message to him. Don't kill the messenger, kind of thing. So I think that is probably the intention, and, and, and that's that's a good intention because that we lay our promises before God that the angel of the Lord runs to the throne of God and takes our petitions to the Lord. But I think there's another way we can look at it: that we lay our promises and that the enemy, the messenger of the Lord runs to the enemy and lets them know it's too late this has been tied to the altar this has been given to God if you're going to attack this person you better find a different way because this particular problem has been crucified This heart of the flesh. That's what I mean when I tell you I think that people can walk away from problems and be delivered and set free. I'm not telling you that you may not have more battles to fight because you will. But if you're still fighting the same battle for the last 20 years, it's time that you let it go. It's time that you move on. So I'm going to ask you this morning if as as the Guys, sing this morning. Take me in, I think is what they're going to do. As they as they sing take me in, I want to just ask you, in fact, to make it easier on everybody. Could we all just stand together? If you would just bring your petition, your promise, whatever you brought this morning to the altar and lay it there. If it's something that you want to take back something that you need to take back some people may have brought a contract that they need to keep or a picture that they want to keep just keep your eyes on it and you can take it back but I'm going to ask you this morning if you will bring your petitions this morning to the altar your promises and lay them there we'll let them stay till right after service I will gather them up they won't be destroyed but I'll gather them up and and put them away Listen, if God has pricked your heart, uh, and you need to talk to me privately, that's fine too. We can can talk. Well, I will just say this. One One of the requests on my petition was that we see, and I have a number of souls, a minimum number of souls saved at these altars this year. And and I know that God is able, I know that God is able because church is not just, you know, one of its great functions is the encouragement of the saints and the teaching and all of those things of the saints, but then one of its, but its greatest function is the salvation of the lost. And I think we lose the purpose and focus of that sometimes. So... Pray with me in that way. I, I, I need just to just encourage I'm, I'm not just dragging up. We're going to close. But many fasted this week with me over these needs are at the altar. I, I say that to encourage your faith. We believe that the things that we've given to the Lord, with this caveat, they line up with the Word of God. They are the purpose of God. That we've given to the Lord and let me just tell you if it's salvation for a lost loved one that lines up with the Word of God we believe that God will do these things that's why and, so I, and it, it may come to pass quickly it may come to pass today this week some of it may unfold over time but I need you to believe with me for your need God for the needs on this altar father families finances medical reports God, we lay them at your altar this morning. Deliverances. God, we give them to you. To God and we tie them and secure them there in Jesus name. And we give you all the praise. Amen.